Hi, hello, welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is December 30th, 2022. Hopefully this episode finds you well and in good spirits with high hopes. Um, you know, the upcoming new year, all that jazz. Um, you know, we're not quite on the eve yet. That's tomorrow. That's tomorrow. But, you know, I'm obviously just, uh, I guess you could say in my bag uh, thinking about it. Just, uh, I don't know. It's, it's been a crazy year. Um, I don't know. I, I've just um, had a lot to go on. And I feel like I've come through a lot. So I'm really taking these next two episodes aka two days is my friday my saturday like you know i'm gonna be a little bit looser maybe and also i didn't eat today I, oh i ate i ate junk i ate uh some fritos some chili cheese fritos yes and a payday i'm a sucker for the paydays and i've had an iced coffee millennial special um and you know i had the proper seasonings if you know what i mean um and what else do we have there was more a monster i've had a monster yummy 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 in my tummy but i'm running on you guys i'm I'm sorry so this is already gonna be a, a scuffed i'm warning you now um but hey i will say there's a little treat there's a little treat article at least it's a treat for me um so i'm excited to talk about it but um you know so stay tuned it's a little clickbait for you but um gosh food corner Let's see. I went to Mellow Mushroom. You know, it's one of my favorite little pizza places. And you already know, I got the uh, pretzel, not pretzels. <laughs> uh, honestly, if, if I was running the campaign, I would just lean into that. Maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm just way too focused on the fact that they are not pretzels, but they are advertised as pretzels. Because I really do love pretzels, and I feel like maybe I'm just, like, salty I got debated like that. But I still love them. Like, it's just such a, such a crazy love affair I have with this piece of bread that they're selling me. Um, but I got the pretzels. I also got a small split pizza. And I gotta say, um, obviously, if you know, like most fast, uh, fast pizza, fast food pizza places, um, I feel like I would never try to order a split pizza. Like, that's just something that never crosses my mind. No, thank you. I'll pass. But I gotta say, I really do enjoy when they split the pizza. And, like, they don't fuck it up. Like, I don't know. I, I Granted, I have had, like, a couple times where I'm like, oh, because I didn't exactly get it right. But it still tasted good. It was still on point. So, overall, this one was another banger. I got a half. I think it was, uh, oh, gosh. Was it, did I get the Pacific Rim? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Pacific Rim. Um, and then I got the meaty, mighty meaty or meaty mighty. So, like, a lot of meat, a lot of ham. Um, also on the Pacific Rim side, there was like pineapple and jalapeno. I think they had like an aioli sauce or something on there too. They were going crazy on it. So I enjoyed it. It was good. Yum. Um, but yeah, today I'm a little empty. I, uh, have plans to cook pasta. I am currently doing this episode a little later in the night. So it is definitely past like the good time to be eating, which I think they say is like before 630 or something. Hey, don't quote me. I'm not a nutritionist. All right, you don't come here for nutrition. Uh, hell, I maybe uh, news is maybe sometimes a little bit suspect, but you guys, uh, you guys know I try, I try, I try to get this all right. But um, yeah, um, probably gonna make some pasta, little uh, red sauce, bolognese, ground beef, elbow macaroni. 
Um, you know me, you guys know me. If, you, if you're a regular, if you're a newsie especially, I feel like you, you've seen this meal probably on my, like my Facebook or whatever. Um, but yeah, it, it, I'm really hoping to have a low-key night tonight. Um, and, and honestly, I gotta say too, we got some dubs today, guys. We got some big old W's. Um, I finally got new art up for the podcast. And for me, that has been something that since I started podcasting in general and then got to this point where, you know, we're doing the newsstand, whatever, I had an idea in my head of what I wanted to, to, to just have for my first, you know, cover. And this is hitting it, baby. It is really hitting it. So if you do get a chance, uh, I have it available like on my socials. Um, let's see, the the Facebook's got it on there. The I think the Instagram should be updated as well, and the Twitter, all of them. Like so, you can just go check them out and just see the the uh, image I got up there. It's the, you know the old Isaiah's newsstand. It's just not as generic. It, you get to see you know what I wanted it to look like, and I like that. So. Um, hopefully that's like the first of more. I, I definitely want to do more art. Also, um, shout outs to Patrick Sita, AKA Dark Mountain Colt. Um, does amazing work, amazing commissions. This isn't the first time I've worked with him. I just do any of my work, I think now at this point. Uh, I wanna just maybe do with him. Like, I don't know, I, I wanna be, I wanna pay him so he can just, just do work of me cause he just knocks it out. He's so good at it. Um, so check that out, please. I love that. And uh, it made me really happy. Um, let's see, what else is there? What other dubs were there? Um, I got some new shoes for work. Yes, yes, yes. And then I um, also, I made an investment in some more Uggs. I decided to treat myself. I'll say it. I'll come out and be real. I succumbed to capitalism. Whoops. I slipped. Um... But to be fair, y'all know, I mean, maybe you don't know, but I pretty much wear in terms of clothes, guys, I know I'm running so long on just bullshit. I'm so sorry, guys. I'm not playing for time. This is actually a normal episode too. I'm so sorry. You can always fast forward. Um, but um, I normally wear Crocs in the summer and I wear Uggs in the winter. And then for work, I usually try to wear Vans. They just kind of work for me as like a happy medium for shoes. Uh, so it was nice to kind of re-up on them. The Vans I had were getting like holy, which is like really annoying. I always hate when you get a, I mean, hey, it's wear and tear, that's life, right? But you know, just had to get them, you know, get, get the new ones. <laughs> so that was nice, it felt good. Do a little retail therapy to combat my weird vibes <laughs> that I'm having this week. Well, really just today. Yeah, I really feel like today is just a weird one for me. But um, overall, I got to say, it's been such a fun year. Like, it's been hard, hard as hell. But we're here. And I'm happy that, like, every week I've been able to podcast. Like, it's crazy to me. It's crazy to me that I've been doing this now, like, technically for, like, two years, I think. Gosh. Gosh, 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 gosh. Um, so yeah. Um, Jesus Pizza. I'm gonna just get fully sentimental here and take my little break at the beginning, and then we will get into it. I promise. We can break it up that way. That's a deal. I'm being lazy on the clock. Sorry.
Oh me, oh my. Okay, all right. Sorry for the dead air, as per usual. Um, as um, you know, we usually like to start off like the first top of the um, weekend, you know, episodes. Um, there's usually some kind of Ukraine news. Uh, I gotta say, it's definitely been a lot of talk of just like you know, drone strikes, power outages, um, a lot of artillery strikes, stuff like that. Granted, this isn't different. I'm not really giving you guys something new, but I will say there are some things even that I'm, I'm kind of maybe even miss here, like um, that's kind of been going on um, in terms of like just little things. Because I, I would definitely say um, both sides in their own way are not letting the winter slow anything down. Um, there's been like constant action in a lot of ways throughout this winter so far. And I mean, we're only in December. Um so let's see we can start with this article russia fires dozens of missiles at ukrainian cities um let's see sorry about that uh cities across ukraine have been targeted by a wave of russian missile strikes and one of the largest bombardments since the war began um, at least three people including 14 year old including a 14 year old were taken to hospital after explosions hit the capital city um, Mayor Vitali Klitskyok said. Um, so I believe there were 69 missiles that wound up hitting. And, um, or like they wound up firing them, I should say. I'm sorry. There was also, though, the, you know, the missile defense system that Ukraine has. Um, and, you know, that was definitely useful but, you know, there's still debris, there's still, you know, potential, you know, let's see, I can read the actual line I wanted to find, sorry about that. Ukraine's military said 69 missiles were launched with air defenses intercepting 54 of them. So, I mean, that's a high success rate, but then naturally you see that some did land, and then also there was debris, things of that nature. Um, also, sorry about that, guys, I think there is a um, smoke alarm. Um, if you didn't know, my studio is my humble abode, my room even. So, you know, sometimes you're going to hear sounds, you're going to hear noises. I would love it to just be birds chirping. That's always scenic. But sometimes it's like kids yelling because they want to run around the complex. Sometimes it's someone burning their turkey. Um, <laughs> uh, but hey, it happens and it is recorded. <laughs> but um, let's see. What else did I want to add here? Do, 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 um, there was also drone strikes as well, which we've covered before, like I said, in kind of this winter, you know, part of the campaign. Russia has pulled out, you know, a lot of troops. They also are still claiming this territory, which is awkward. And also something I, I do want to kind of go on a tangent. Uh, give me a second and I'll get to that. But, you know, essentially they're still doing these missile strikes, but added on, they're also doing these drones that, you know, it seemed to be sourced from Iran. And essentially they're just used to kind of run or not run, but, you know, fly over and then just dive bomb. Like, you know, essentially what they're called, like kamikaze drones. So... Um, you know, some of those have been shot down, intercepted. 
but um, it's definitely a situation that is like the intended effect is to make people, you know, have no power. Now you don't have any power. You don't have means to even like water. People literally are not able to sustain living. And then not to mention you have people all around you dying because of these strikes. And then the hope is that you plead to, you know, the powers that be and you say, hey, you need to come to peace at whatever Russia wants. Just we want to stop or you want to have um, more exodus out of these areas that you're bombing and then. You know, there's supposed to be a domino effect where internationally people say, okay, Ukraine, you guys got to go to the table. You have to negotiate. And even so, that leads me to my tangent, which is Putin has come out and said, look, we want to negotiate. We're ready to come back to the table and talk to you guys. It's really you guys who are not able, you're not ready to come back and talk to us. But the terms that they want is, look, at least say that these territories, these new territories that we've claimed, not to mention Crimea, we want you to accept that these are ours and you give them up. And that's something that they want at the top. And, you know, essentially from, you know, the Ukraine side, the Western side, they're like, no, like we want the territories back. We are fighting for those currently. We're not giving them up. That that was never, ever going to be a thing. Then not to mention the, the conversation that is Crimea. I mean, that's one of those things where, I mean, this is me kind of going off and just being a little speculative. That's, I don't want to say it's hard to say like, you know, is that Ukraine's anymore? I definitely still feel like it is Ukraine's, but it is one of those things where Russia has been so entrenched in there. I feel like they would be hard to just pry off. Um, but at the same time, like Ukraine's not coming to the table period because those four territories that were taken, you know, it's for like the big ones. Um, and especially they are making progress, taking settlements after settlements after settlements. Those count for something, you know, at least to a scoreboard, at least to people, especially when you're appealing to, you know, you know, other nations for support and aid. Um, you know, you mentioned it earlier. That's why Zelensky went on this tour, hitting Poland, hitting like, you know, the U.S., going to Congress. You know, that shit was important because he needs to keep showing like, hey, we are fighting for all of you guys. Let's not forget, like, this shit is still going from February to now. We're going to keep fighting. We do not want to stop. This shit only makes us angrier. It does not make us want to end this. You know, we only want to end this for, you know, our people and get our land and push these people out. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I mean, this shit is... I don't want to be... I do want to be punny. It's heating up. It's crazy. I, I really did expect that things would be more muted um, you know, I remember, you know, thinking back to this time last year, you were getting whiffs of this conversation happening. Like, are, are is Russia gonna invade? Is this gonna happen? And, and, and fast forward, here we are now. But I remember the idea of winter being so important. And everyone's like, well, they're definitely not gonna do anything until, you know, if they are gonna do something, it's gonna be like before these moments, because it's just gonna freeze so much that you're not gonna be able to make any movement. And things are going to be like rock solid ice type shit. And then fast forward, they do something in February when things thaw out. So, I mean, essentially, <clears throat> things are definitely supposed to be what I thought were going to be a lot colder, cooler. And things are going to be, you know, prevailing in that way. But nope, things are very active. Um, but hey, shows what I know. I'm just a guy. I'm just a guy in his house doing a podcast. <laughs> Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Let's move along. We're still doing Ukraine stuff. Um, from, also, did I say where this was from? 
Um, that article was the BBC News. And then also from the BBC News, uh, Belisar says it downed Ukraine air defense missile. Um, so this is uh, something that's kind of taking place from you know the Belarusian perspective, who is also involved in this war, um, more or less allied to you know um, Russia, you know to Putin. Um, but essentially, there was a um, let's see, like an air defense. There was an air missile from the Ukrainian side that was shot. And the Belarusian uh, defense uh, missile shot it down. And um, essentially, they are calling on the ambassador of Ukraine to come and say, like, what the fuck was that? What happened? Um, let's see here. The, um, Kirill Kazinstev, I'm going to butcher this, I'm sorry. Kazinstev, an officer with the Belarusian uh, missile defense forces, has said they are considering two scenarios. The first is an accidental launch by Ukraine of the air missile or air defense missile because of the low training level of the military crew or missile malfunction. The second is a deliberate provocation by the Ukrainian military forces. Um, So, I mean, that's obviously a huge claim. Um, I don't believe that, like, Ukraine actually comes out and says anything here at least not what i gleaned from this article or what i've heard throughout the week so you know it's definitely one of those things where it's like well look if putin and lukashenko are in talks of saying hey we are talking about in the future this in the near future using this as more of a launch point again yada 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 ukraine's doing some strike first shit you know what i mean so that does make sense in that way but you know obviously this is all up kind of in the air, especially if, you know, Ukraine's not really saying, you know, anything about it. So, um, but an interesting development all the same. Um, then I got this other article from CNN business, Russian sausage magnet magnate dies after hotel fall in India. Now they worded this and I, Obviously, I get it. They're doing the, you know, the non-biased perspective here. Um, But they gave, like, the really sterile title of this. But um, the news, or the, um, what is the guy? The the sausage magnet, magnate, I'm still not getting that right here, sorry, uh, is Pavel Antov. He died, um, this was, you know, last Saturday, after falling from the third roof of his hotel, according to the Indian police. Now, there is, like, you could say conspiratorial talk, um, you know, concerned because essentially this was a guy who was, you know, supposed to be pretty high up in, um, you know, Russian, you know, political social circles, really, you know, especially being an oligarch, whatever, you have a lot of money, a lot of influence. And, you know, essentially he was a person who was very pro, you know, Putin pro everything. But then, you know, in light of recent things, he's kind of come out and, you know, said things against, the, you know, the invasion, the shit's going on. And, um, you know, then next thing you know, he's having this fall um, off of a building. Now, I gotta say, this is conspiratorial thought because there's also another thought here too, that this is potentially a man who, who knows what's going on, what's happening behind the scenes in this person's life, whatever they're thinking or doing. They might have 
you know, potentially committed suicide here. That's something that's also on the table in terms of a theory or what happened here. Um, I believe he is like 61 years old, um, which I don't know. I, I get mentally skewed here and maybe it's because of my life and how it's been, whatever. But like, I always kind of consider 60s and up like, oh, I'm old. I'm an old man. But like, I, I, I've seen other 60 year olds and up like they have a lot of vitality. They have a lot of like. Uh, you know, will to live or whatever. And, you know, so you can't really say like, oh, well, you know, maybe they were old and right after I went down. I don't know. It's hard. I, I really don't know what's what here. And you can really kind of go, you only go with, you know, what's available, what is given. Um, okay, so he was 65. So he's in his 60s. He's pretty old. Well, I think he's pretty old. Call me crazy. I don't know. 65 years young, 65 years fun. I'm not that guy, sorry. Um, let's see. Um, let me actually read this. Uh, according to the Russian state news agency, TASS, Antov, who was a businessman and member of a regional parliament in the Vladimir region in Western Russia, had celebrated his 65th birthday on December 22nd. Um, he's also a very rich man. Um he ranked on the Forbes 100 richest civil servants in Russia. Um, oh my gosh. Um, his income in 2018 amounted to 9.9 billion rubles. And granted, you got to do that in 2018 money because obviously the ruble is very different now. Um, so yeah, I mean, he was making some money. Um, well, let's see. I mean, yeah, you can read more, 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 more. But yeah, I mean, also to add here too, there's something I really feel like I haven't covered too much of, but there's been like a string of deaths that have happened. Um, let's see. Yeah, let's see. With six of them associated with Russia's two largest energy companies. Um, Alexander Buzikov, who is, or was, the head of a major Russian shipyard that specializes in building non-nuclear submarines he died suddenly last week with no cause of death given by the authorities as according to reuters news agency um anatoly garachinko um he's a former rector to the moscow aviation institute um unspecified accident in september um, Luke Oil Chairman Raviel Maganov died at the beginning of September, falling out of a window of a hospital in Moscow, according to Taz. <laughs> in mid-September, Russian businessman Ivan Petrorin, who is the top manager for a corporation for the development of the Far East and Arctic, was found dead in Vladivostok, according to the Russian state media. Um, another Luke Oil manager, Alexander Subotin, was found dead near Moscow in May after reportedly visiting a shaman. Whew, that's a lot of bodies. That's all I gotta say. I, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't want to get too conspiratorial. I'm just saying, like, that does look weird. It doesn't look good. And you don't know. Who knows? But, hey, I just gotta talk about it sometimes, you know? Um... It's a burp, maybe? <clears throat> there it is. Oh. Um, mm. From the hill. The hill. 
South Korea fires warning shots, scrambles jets following North Korea drone breach. So, um, more or less here, this is like kind of like a lot of action that kind of took place throughout the week. Um, like, you know, a little bit of tit for tat kind of action. Uh, but five drones entered the South Korean province of Gyeonggi, which surrounds the capital city of Seoul, or Seoul, sorry, uh, around 10.25 a.m. on Monday. Uh, one of the drones entered Seoul before returning back to North Korea. This is according to the Korean time, according to the Korea Times. Sorry, uh, it is unclear what happened to the other four drones and whether the unna- unmanned aerial vehicle vehicles were armed. So, I mean, that's a big deal. You're obviously entering, you know, South Korean airspace. That you know alone are like those considered like really major provocations. Um, so, I mean, you know, South Korea then, you know, has their own response there. Um, granted, the warning shots that they fire, they fire them specifically to be warning shots. They don't aim them at the actual drones. Um, I believe they think, I don't know if it's mentioned in the article, I think they run drills after that, like the following day or something like that. Um... Let's see, the latest provocation comes just days after North Korea fired a ballistic missile towards South Korea's eastern waters. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is something I wanted to mention. Obviously, I'm not really, like, covering it well. Sorry about it. Um, but this was something that was, like, you know, it, it is a development. It is, um, you know, I don't want to say that necessarily, like, well, you know, it is an escalation. But, you know, you just never know where these escalations are going to go. But, um Definitely, too, alongside, it's pairing a little bit because I've been finally, like, getting into another season of Blowback, which I highly recommend. It is definitely up there for me. And this season, they are doing the Korean War, and they're, you know, really going into details explaining that. And um, I often find this is really something that it, 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 it often convicts me in a lot of ways, and I like it, where... It really shakes my cage because I come into it with like this little bit of historical knowledge that I picked up from school or a little bit of research here and there. And I go, okay, I think I have a pretty good idea of like the Korean War. I pretty, at least I I know things happened. I could say, you know, maybe a quick summary, whatever. Um, You know, and and I feel like, okay, I have an idea. I've been doing this, this shit, you know, for a while now, right? Talking about politics, talking about news, whatever. I have an opinion on North Korea. I feel like I get it. I feel like I understand. And, you know, same with, like, South Korea. Like, I, I see some of the pros, some of the cons, whatever. But then the two guys who go into it, I should know their names, but I don't, sorry. Um, they really go into a lot of detail. And it really helps me see a whole perspective and really get into a lot of deep timelines that they really, like, show and illustrate really well of, like, how America's involvement like, really plays out and, like, the negative effects of it, you know, what it really causes. And, I mean, you can get into the here of there of, like, well, is communism a good thing or a bad thing? Blah, 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 blah. Like, that's not for me to discuss on this episode. I'm already going way too long. But it just definitely shows me, like, oh, my gosh, like, as per usual, like, it's not like we come in this shit clean. We come in this shit looking to get what we want out of it, and then things are going to happen, and we go, okay, whatever. We're going to back our side, and we're going to push that shit. 
Um, but needless to say, we are where we are now because that's kind of like a whole other thing at this point. Um, the shit was crazy. I wanted to talk about it. And then also I'm obviously using it to talk about a little bit what I'm listening to. Um, let's see. I really feel like I haven't decided if this is like a news thing or just, it's, it's both. It's a news thing and it's also a blog. I'm sorry guys. I, I have to confess this, that you've been listening to a, a blog. I, I got you. I'm sorry. But I, 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 I'm not going to stop. So <laughs> maybe I'm not that sorry. <laughs> oh gosh, this episode. I'm sorry guys. I'm just talking and talking and talking being the worst podcaster um from Reuters Serbs dismantle barricades as Kosovo standoff eases <sighs> so I gotta tell you this is something that is completely new territory for me I have not talked about Serbia ever not talked about Kosovo ever I keep thinking in my brain too I keep saying Kosovo 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 and I go no it's Kokomo and I'm like no it's not Kokomo stop that's a song stop I mean it's a place but it's also like don't do that no 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 no. and I I keep getting confused but I've learned a little bit here um we can read a little bit from you know the article um Serbs started dismantling barricades in northern Kosovo on Thursday after or hours after Kosovo reopened its main border crossing with Serbia easing a surge in surge in tensions that has alarmed world powers. And it's weird according to like kind of what I've learned. Also, I've listened to the BBC uh, Global News. I was going to plug them as a little reference. Um, but I mean, essentially this kind of like this newest row of like tension and like, you know, almost conflict, whatever, was started over like license plates. And... Um, uh, I'm trying to think. Here we go. Yeah. Around 50,000 Serbs living in northern Kosovo refused to recognize the government in Pristina or the status of Kosovo as a separate country. They have the support of many Serbs in Serbia and its government. Also, I believe that like Russia is kind of like supporting them in the back a little bit because it's like the more y'all do this and keep doing a like, you know, a stir, then... Kosovo can't go and like get like I guess like UN status or anything like that like it kind of disrupts those kind of things uh obviously probably not saying that's perfectly but whatever um but essentially it's gotten to the point where you know we were talking about like like I said armed conflict um there's been like roadblocks set up um but I mean it seems that things are kind of getting walked back now, granted, I don't know. I believe there hasn't been too much communication between both sides, like both prime ministers or whatever have not really communicated, and that's been an extra issue that's kind of escalated tensions. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a little bit of a messy situation, but I'm glad it, the brinksmanship's maybe come down a little bit, and hopefully it continues to do so. And I mean, hey, this is me kind of getting a toe in. Like I said, you guys can always check out these articles and you can vet me. And honestly, I would love for you guys to like give me more feedback, even though I really take criticism like a little cream puff. Um, it's good. It's good. It helps, you know, right? Um, and plus any corrections I always like because it, you know, I get to come back up here and fix it. <laughs> that's that's the beauty of it. Um, but yeah, um, definitely want to, you know, cover it more so. Um, hit it with maybe a little bit more clearer eyes. I don't know. But, um, gosh, here we go. We've made it. We've made it to the treat. Um, I'm going to give you something, something special, something that really made my 
heart smile. I gotta say, I gotta be real here, cause um, you know, some some things happen. We'll get into it. Let me let me take my little break. You know. All right. Okay. Ooh. Actually, actually, let me see my ball. Wah. Ball water. Gosh, I, I have no Andrew Tate accent. I can't do it. I can't hit it. Um, I got this from CNN. Let's see. Ooh. Controversial internet personality Andrew Tate and his brother detained for a month in Romania. Oh, man. So, um, I'm sorry, Top G's. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But The Matrix, it it came for your boy. They found him. Um, now, the powers that be will say, um, which is like the, this counterterrorism kind of whatever. It's called Dikot. Uh, da, 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 da. But essentially, they rounded up Andrew Tate, his brother, Tristan Tate, and two other men who I believe are of, uh, let's see, um, like British or Ramonian, Ramonian? Um, like um, status, of, what's the word? It's escaping me right now. They're from there, though. And essentially, they um, all four of these men have been arrested. And then also, um, Andrew Tate's home was um raided so i mean this all like this happened very fast i um just remember coming home from work and just um oh here we go sorry i've been stuck looking for this the dictorate of investigating organized crime and terrorism dcot <laughs> um but yeah i mean they got rounded up um, and they are more or less going to be in custody for 30 days. I guess they are considered a flight risk. I mean, this guy has been known to like literally hop on private jets. Like, look, I'm not going to undercut this man on shit. Like he's got money. You know what I mean? Um, also, I mean, if you don't know who Andrew Tate is good, I'm sorry for ruining that for you. I'm sorry that I'm one of those podcasters that are going to like, Hey, just so you know, like misogyny actually far from dead. We didn't beat that. We just didn't do that. Uh, as much as I am rooting for feminism, men like Andrew Tate are really trying to just just take a shit on it. Um, in wildest ways, he says the wildest things. And to me too, it's not just the feminism part. Andrew Tate says things, and it's like he's trying to claw at what like I feel like a large swath of just the male psyche can be and feel, which is like, I feel inadequate. I don't feel right. I don't feel like I fit in. I don't feel like things are going the way it should for me. And Andrew Tate is like this voice in the dark for people, I guess. I'm really trying to put myself in these people's shoes to like, to pay $50 to become a top G in Hustler University. Shit, like, I don't get it. But essentially, this guy who is of Big Brother fame, uh, we know how, I mean, really, he stretched his 15 minutes. I'll say that. Um, and he's made a lot of money along the goddamn way. Um, but essentially, you know, he gets his, like, you know, 
exposure break there, but he's like a kickboxer, really fit guy, um, also a bald. Um, I say also, I choose to be bald, by the way. I get haircuts, all right? I can have my hairline, okay? Okay, okay. Um, knock on wood in case they come for me. But honestly, I'm, I'm cool on hair. I had dreads. It was cute. It was fun. Um, and maybe Andrew Tate can grow it back. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> but anyway, our top G is apparel. He's, he's going through it right now. Um, I think he says, like I said, he says something about like the Matrix finding, uh, oh, here he is. Here's the fucking quote. Here's the banger, boys and girls and NBs. On Friday, Andrew Tate tweeted from his verified account, which, thank thank you, Elon. Thank you once again, Elon, for um, letting freedom win and allowing Andrew Tate to tweet. Because I, I needed to see this. The world needed to see this. The Matrix sent their agents. What the fuck? <laughs> it's so corny. This dude is 36 years old. He's so corny, bro. He, and don't get me wrong, what am I? I am a 32 year old. I am also corny, but at least I am aware. Like, you know what I mean? I'm also just a dude just hanging out, just just shooting the shit with my homies, hopefully listening to this. You know what I mean? That's what I'm here for. That's what I'm doing this for. This man, he doesn't open his mouth unless he thinks it's gonna make him money. That that is my real thought on this guy. Like there's got to be some tactic here. He's chosen a hill to live and die on. And it is, I'm going to be a misogynist piece of shit who's going to like also tell children and people not to read. That was one of my favorite tweets. He literally goes as far as to say, look, you don't need an education. Like that. You just need to live your life. Like why are you reading books that you didn't live their experiences? This is all made up anyway. Like you need to focus on doing things and making experiences. And it's like, there's a key there. There's a seed there that makes sense. Yes, you should go out. You should hit the world. You should be living your life and making experiences. You should be making things happen for yourself. And that's the thing. Like, it's so calculated, the shit he's doing. He does grug grug shit. And it's like, okay. But it appeals to people. It makes them feel good if they actually fully buy in. And boy, do they, they buy fucking in. And hey. You know, it is what it is. Um, he also got into a little t- uh, Twitter skirmish with a uh, Swedish climate activist, Greta Thunberg. Um, she's 19 and so angsty. Um, she just gets really upset about climate change. And I get it. I fucking get it. And she, like, has that fire you thing that, like, really you know, yeah, it's like, I want to fuck shit, fuck school, (laughs) I don't know, Uh, but she literally gets into a tit for tat with Andrew Tate, which is crazy that Andrew Tate is literally doing this, like, you're a grown-ass man, and he's, like, trying to, like, talk to her about how he has all these cars, and how, like, he can explain that, like, they don't have, they don't do anything against climate change, and um, she more or less, like, says, um, yeah, you can send all your information you want to talk about to my email, like, eatadick.com or something like that, at getalife.com. I don't know. It, it was clever. It was cute. Like, zinger. You got him. Owned him. Ratio. 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 Um, but, like, it's just wild to see a grown man do this and then also to see people defending. Like, literally people just being, like, Oh my God, Andrew, blah, 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 you're so great. Oh, Bob J. Oh. 
so dumb, bro. I just hate to see it. I hate that. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I've talked this to death. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the thing I mentioned with the, the whole uh, Thurnberg tate situation was in the process of doing this long ass spiel about his cars and how blah 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 he literally posts a picture of him in a robe smoking a cigar with a pizza box from a local romania pizza place called jerry's pizza and there was instantly wildfire that like oh my gosh they used this information to know that he was in town and he wasn't like jet setting and they timed it perfectly to get him and Dickot has said, no, that's not. We've had this investigation, you know, um, ongoing. And I'm like, I definitely believe the latter, honestly. It would be super cool and awesome and great. We live in a world where literally we can, like, make myth instantly with the power of the internet. And that's kind of magical. But also, I also have to realize, too, that that's literally just bad journalism in fluid action because you're seeing people who are like hey i'm a newsy guy and i'm gonna tell you something right now and it's like but dude you're like kind of editorializing this thing right here on your your twitter page and, and uh, sometimes they're not you just ha always have to kind of look around and figure it all out and that's that's the hard part right um i get why a lot of people don't do news <laughs> at least unless they're backed by a lot of money um but hey i'm just doing it for the love baby i'm just playing the game um, but on that note, that's pretty much it. That's all I really wanted to talk about. I know I've talked a lot, um, but thank you so much for tuning in. Um, gosh, we're doing a, we're doing a girthy, girthy episode here. I'm so sorry. Um, but patreon.com slash Isaiah news. Um, if you would like to donate, if you would like to become a newsy, $5, $5 a month gets you access to bonus episodes where I usually do more of a relaxed fit like this. Um, but um, also, I, I switch up the topic sometimes a little bit too. Um, this is actually where I initially covered Andrew Tate. I usually want to wait until something actually hits the fan, like the, you know, the police or, you know, whatever get involved. Um, but, you know, we did a little bit of coverage on that there. Um, so I like to talk about a lot of the Twitter bullshit, the Kanye bullshit. Sorry. Yay. Um, but, um, get access to those episodes there. Also, you get discord access and a shout out every month. And I say your name, I do the newsy roll call. Um, but yeah, that's available. Also free way to hit me up is Isaiah news one at gmail.com. And like I said earlier at the top of the episode, I'm on all the socials. I'm pretty easy to find. I'm just, I'm just always online <laughs> for better or worse. But um, thank you so much again for tuning in. And hopefully I see you soon for some more good news. I love you. Bye-bye. Mwah.